Welcome to Five Things About. I'm Sylvie Van Wall. In this episode, we explore five things about the diversity of vulvas, labia majoras, labia minoras, and clitoral hoods. For young women, anxiety over the appearance of vulvas and labias is becoming more and more common. The number of labiaplasty procedures performed in Australia has increased more than threefold over the past 10 years. Many medical professionals fear that this popularity is due to people having little knowledge of what a healthy vagina can actually look like. Our guest speaker today is Dr Liz Dean, a professor of social and political sciences who talks to us about the Great Wall of Vagina, an artwork featuring 150 diverse vulvas on permanent display at Tasmania's Mona. Why is the Great Wall of Vaginas arguably an essential educative tool? The Great Wall of Vaginas by British artist Jamie McCartney is part of a permanent display at Mona in Tasmania. It informs young women and men's understanding of vulvas. This important work has, by the artist's own admission, timely political intent Should we be cautious of yet another man exploring what vaginas look like, in art, a very old tradition? So the cultural display consists of white plaster casting of over or around 150 women's vulvas are placed on the gallery walls. This allows the public to see the sheer diversity of vulvas. While much of the sexual organ remains unseen, this vagina wall covering three rooms reiterates that just as our faces, eyes and noses, hands and bodies more generally are distinct, so are our labia majoras, labia minoras and clitoral hoods. Such variations are exemplified by the standardised uniformity of these white casts placed side by side and mounted evenly against a black wall. These vulva moulds are, in their uniform diversity, extremely sanitised. And this is an important artwork here as sanitised because while they appear as white, pure, fleshless, hairless and scentless, we are invited to look, we can take our time and we are not repulsed by this idea that this is a fleshy, smelly, hairy substance, but rather get to look at the diversity of lip sizes, shapes, with or without pubic hair, all visible here. And importantly, we can take our time when looking. Why is this a concern today? Research shows that more teenagers are requesting this surgery even when they don't know how to talk about which parts are a problem or indeed being able to name them. We have here a plethora of things which are contributing to this. Digital fashion for altering the images of women's genitalia indeed builds on a history of altering images for viewing vulvas. What is different today is the ease with which airbrushing, cutting and pasting informs, for example, the soft porn industry, which in some ways mirrors the advertising of labioplasty surgery. The dissemination here of a standardised 
singular normal vagina is highlighted. It's gathered momentum through fashion, through various social media sites, through famous people having and showing their slits or gashes, this neat, uniform, no labia majora, no labia minora on show. And it's due in part to the availability of services and service professionals. That is, as more plastic surgeons specialise in genitalia surgery, more clinics are opening up. As clinics compete for customers, advertising also increases. With more clinics opening, prices become competitive and are pushed down. So the increase in the availability of aesthetic genital cosmetic surgery normalises the services provided. Whether aesthetic genital surgery will become as common as the aesthetic as opposed to corrective alteration of a person's teeth remains to be seen. But why people need a bit of a tidy up or indeed arguably are practising their agency as women as having the right to have a tidy up, a neatening up, is in question here. If it's to do with the vulva's appearance and how people feel about their problematic unevenness, fleshiness, wrinkliness, protrusions, then we do have to see something like an educative tool which shows that this so-called idea of abnormality, of standardisation, can be put into question by the vagina wall. So how do we get away from this standardised norm, the idea that there's an ideal type of vagina, an ideal labia majora, labia minora and clitoral hood? How do we start to celebrate diversity when, at least in parts, industries like censorship codes on soft pornography, which doesn't actually allow women's full vaginas to be viewed? We need to then, and this is my point, think about how the Great Wall of Vaginas can become an educative tool for young women in particular, but all women to be able to see that there's no such thing as a perfect vulva, labia majora, labia minora and clitoral hood, is to at least begin the conversation. In fact, In the Labia Library, as part of Women's Health Victoria, there is now a group of memes which show how much women have enjoyed being able to look at not the sanitised version, but indeed colour photographs which show vaginas in their full. And one young woman writes, I was convinced there was something really wrong with my labia. In other words, until I saw this diversity. For this reason, we need an educative tool. Thanks to Dr Liz Dean. This podcast was produced by Buffy Gorilla and Dr Andy Horvath with editing by Buffy Gorilla. It was recorded in the Hallwood studio by Gavin Neighbour. Five Things About is created by Dr Andy Horvath and is a production of the University of Melbourne, Australia. This episode was recorded on December 12th, 2017. I'm Sylvie Van Wall. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 